Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, all ROM criminals out there. If you haven't joined our Patreon page, go to www.patreon.com slash romcrime for some new content we got the brewing. That's right. Vanya and I are going to do an uh, in-depth exploration of the currently on television HBO yes. six-part docuseries called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, yes. which is a documentary that's about a true crime blogger, writer, and a podcaster, actually, yeah. named Michelle McNamara, who actually is uh, responsible for catching and uh, arrest the arresting of the Golden State Killer. And yes. um, it is a fascinating story about her love of true crime, her untimely death while she was writing the book and trying to solve the crime, and then how all of the online true crime community and her husband came through in the end after her passing to help finish what she started and it ends with the arrest of the golden state killer guys and it's and I, so good it's so good and we are going to bring that to you but only in patreon so That's if right. that sounds like something you want vanya gave you the info for what to do and the first episode for that should be coming out on um, monday i think right that's correct in about three days i know and i just want to take this opportunity to thank our current patreon members out there we freaking love you we appreciate you more than we could possibly explain in this little intro before the music starts. That's right, Hello, Vanya. Oh, my Lord. Hello, Avrin. How are you doing today? Oh my goodness, I'm good. I'm very good. I'm up in the Pacific Northwest still, and it is 107 degrees currently outside. Wow, and it's not late in the day yet. Although we no. are on the other side of morning, like heading towards afternoon, I guess. It's, you know, mm-hmm. 10-15-ish. Yeah. It's not quite that bad here, but I will say that I just spent the last four days in um, the Central Valley. I think that's mm. what you call it. Three Rivers, California, right um, near Sequoia National Park. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was also about 105 degrees was like 
the lowest of the highs and it was mm. intense but it was also gorgeous like have you ever been to sequoia national park or king's canyon national yes. park i was like extremely pregnant the last time i went and we stayed in three rivers yes it's beautiful nice oh my gosh gorgeous. i never thought that i could be so excited to just like look at trees and i, I was so excited they're insane I know. There's definitely something magical about them, how big those trees are and how ancient they are. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So that's, yeah, we're all about just the heat. We're living in the heat of the moment. It's, you know, very hot all, all the across the board, temperature-wise, politically. I know. Oh, my goodness. You know, yeah. Uh, it's all hot. Not not in the sexy way. Just, no. It's just like a dumpster fire. It's not hot Except for sexy. the no, the national park was not a dumpster fire. It was it was sexy hot. I'm just like in concentrated family time, which is totally actually fine. It's great. I love my family. Yeah. But, you know, normally when you're spending concentrated time with them, with your family, it's usually like, uh, you know, only three days or like a week. And so you got to get the most out of it. So we don't have that pressure right now, which is kind of a good thing. But yeah, yeah. you can just relax into it and be like, we're bit. here for a little bit. Like no, no rush. Exactly. Although I should probably stop drinking so much. But, you know, besides that, all good. God bless. Love it. Have you done dress up dinners yet? Um, We're doing one tonight. Oh, my gosh. So we are doing Christmas in July. It's the last day of July we're recording this. And um, yeah, tonight we're doing a huge uh, Christmas dinner. But you know what? It's uh, it's so hot outside, so we can't wear sweaters. It's basically just taking a little red and green. And then we're going to watch Home Alone and Christmas Vacation and make cookies. That and, sounds amazing. You, know. you have to take I a know. picture of your oh. of your spread, and we'll, oh, we will. should post it on our Instagram. We should. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Um, thank you to all of our new Instagram followers. We've been having a lot of fun posting on there and talking with people. It's been a good time. Yes. And, and also, are. yeah, yes, go for it. I was no. just going to say also not to forget our this coming Tuesday, we are doing another mini uh, rom crime episode called Demented Love, where we tell you a tiny demented love story and we make a cabinet cocktail, which is that's right. And that's on Instagram delicious. live. So you yeah, actually baby. get to see our faces while we talk to a- us. attempt to tell you demented things. <laughs> yeah, It's fun. And it is fun. It has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, so that's Tuesday. Check that out. That's right. Um, and then we're in the what? We're in the dead of summer. Mm-hmm. We're in the 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 home stretch. Ooh, no. Let's get to the crime. No one wants to hear about how I'm excited about baseball on a true crime <laughs> podcast. Um, but we're we're in our home stretch of our coverage of the ID. Chloe Kardashian produced um, docu series called Twisted Love. Today we're covering episode four, which was what was it called? crippling love it was called crippling love crippling love yeah we're gonna call it home health destroyer yeah i think that's pretty good (laughs) the home health destroyer um okay so i love it so much so i guess i'm gonna start us out guys because take it away yeah so wait we didn't say who we were oh hi guys i'm vanya i'm the rom thanks for joining (laughs) i'm average and i'm the crime and if you haven't picked up on this yet this is rom crime this is our true crime comedy podcast that has romantic wheelchairs romantic viagra romantic (laughs) romantic little blue pills in DDO. All right, romantic, sorry, take it wait, away, Vanya. Here's another one. Romantic right. sex slaves. Mm. Yes. 
There is sex slavery in this, guys. Well, well, potential. We'll see. We'll get to it. (laughs) So it (laughs) opens. The documentary opens with Austin Lewis, which is uh, the grandson of Karen Clowers. Can I also just interject? Doesn't he look so much like Landry from the Friday Night Lights television show? Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. I was trying to place. He he looks exactly like Landry. Like, do you guys watch that? Oh my god, I love Friday Night Lights. I feel like I want to go rewatch that. Should we do that together? Yes. Um, yes, yes totally like Landry, and I loved Landry. And well, I won't go into it, but season four where he murders someone. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Anyways, back to our our true crime story of Twisted Love, Home Health Destroyer, Austin Lewis, who looks like Landry from Friday Night Lights. He is so cute. He's like talking about his grandma, and he he basically is like to understand her you have to understand her life and she said that he said that her life was filled with trauma super early on her mother was extremely abusive she had bruises all over and her mother would like keep her home to hide her I don't know abusing her also would starve her which is just like so awful and mother of the year mother I mean geez that's where you honestly a lot of these you know, uh, true crimes, not only like preparation, which is one thing that everyone thinks of when we listen to these, but I also think of Jesus. I am just so grateful that I, you know, sure there's been things that happened in my life, but nothing so hard as like being starved by your parent, but actually everyone goes through all sorts of things. So, but anyways, I'm just feeling gratitude after hearing about her life. So she leaves home. So Karen leaves home at 16 because of course, you're going to want to get the fuck out of there. And like at that point, you can pretty much, you know, so she gets married to a guy who is extremely abusive and she gets the hell out of there. She goes directly into a second husband um, and she has a daughter. And this guy, he he's like he's a trucker and he's cheating on her a bunch. And so that ends that relationship. So her daughter, by the way, is named Pam, Pam, and that is Pam is Austin's mom, Austin, the grandson who looks like Landry, if you don't remember. Okay. So, um, second, yeah. So she, she divorces him and then she marries her third husband, John, who in the beginning treats her like a princess. I mean, she's never been treated like this before. Um, but a couple months after they get married, he became just like her first husband, super abusive. And, um, I always, don't know why but I always go back to that movie A Boy's Life where it's you know Robert De Niro and he gets married and then as soon as they're married he starts abusing and shit like that so I'm just like oh god it's so scary um but anyway I think worth mentioning that the third husband John Clowers is like 26 years older than her yeah like over six feet tall 250 pounds of of post-army veteran apparently meanness yeah so what seemed like a protector when she first met him turned into a monster. Yeah, exactly. Like he would, I mean, the neighbors could hear the verbal abuse. They, they interview one of the neighbors and she's kind of funny. She's like, you know, it was like living next to the devil. And Golda, <laughs> she was my favorite character. Oh my God. Golda or not, she's a real good. person, but yeah. Golda, the neighbor and yeah. her opinions on John Clowers were just a delight. Yeah. And so they could all hear it. Um, but like we're talking a decade of abuse and his and apparently his last wife had left him because he was so abusive. And, you know, mind you, Karen is tiny. She's like 
like a tiny woman not not as tiny as another woman we're about to meet but like she's five foot you know like a little petite little thing super she had black curly hair apparently she was like really outgoing and friendly and um but when she was home she was terrified she was living in a hellscape so pam's pam karen's daughter has a son in 2001 karen was longing for something better something more um, she, cause she wanted to be a good grandma and just something else, you know? So the son-in-law suggests doing in-home care. Um, and Bru- um, Pam's like, you know what? Yeah. Okay. I'll just anything to get out of the house from John, this horrible, abusive fart face. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so Karen, Karen, right? Karen yes. or Pam? Oh, sorry, Karen. Yeah, I get them confused. Yes, Pam's the daughter. Karen's the mom, and the and grandma. Karen is going to get the job as the home as the home care. care. Yep. So, Ruth Ann, a housekeeping supervisor at the local hospital, and Andrew, a retired veteran, they're married, offer Karen a position. Andrew was physically challenged, and he needed help while Ruth Ann was working. So. Karen is now away from John every day and she likes the people she's working for and felt that she finally had some purpose. And everyone at this point enjoys everybody's company. Like, um, like, um, Ruth Ann, who by the way is only four, two, she's tiny little lady. She finally feels, cause she can't take care of Andrew. Andrew, um, he, needed a lot of care and she had to work. So she just finally felt happy that she could have Karen, their in-home care worker coming over to take care of her at this time. So unfortunately now when Karen comes home from her job, the abuse that was always there is still there. So she goes to work, feels elated, feels purposeful, and then comes home and is essentially tormented by John. Apparently he would like hide, keep like keep all the lights off when she gets home, got home and would hide behind things and scare the shit out of her he would sit there with his gun um just like on the side table she tried to run once and he forcibly dragged her home and threatened to kill her if she ever did it again and so here is where we meet daryl madden this is andrew's oh, wait, he's son. my favorite character actually me too i'm like you know why he's such i i think he's such a sensitive soul such a sweetheart Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just me. But anyways, he's when you meet him in the in the documentary, he's like this larger dude and he's got like an amazing blonde mustache and yeah. he, his accent is wonderful. Um, and he says he's starting to explain Andrew. Andrew, Andy, his dad is the the vet, the Vietnam vet in the wheelchair. So Andrew grew up super, super poor and was a mechanic. He served two tours in Vietnam as a tank mechanic. Um, he married his first wife. And they lived in Germany and had Daryl. But soon after the war, um, Daryl says that his mom thought that Andrew changed after the after the Vietnam War. Like he was a cold man after that. And so they got divorced. And Andrew then meets Ruth Ann. And they get married. And they're in love. Ruth Ann. And the way they meet is really yes. is like kind of like the start of a Nicholas Sparks rom-com. That's true. You're totally right. Ooh, tell us about it. So basically, Ruth Ann's oldest brother was stationed with Andrew in Oklahoma, and he passed away. And 
Andrew was charged with escorting his body home, like to bring him home to his family. And that's Mm -hmm. where he meets Ruth Ann, the sister of the fallen soldier. And I was like, well, now that's a pretty romantical. It's true. Sad. It's also sad. Yeah, but it's kind of that thing where you're in need and someone and just sparks light. And then, you know, Daryl finds love letters that they wrote to each other, Andrew and Ruth Ann. And they're just so sweet. And when you see, you know, when you see the letters, it's like, you know, when old people write, it's so pretty. It's like their cursive is so gorgeous. Anyways, I always take note of that because I'm like, well, nobody writes letters anymore. (laughs) Um, Just emails. So anyways, they get married and Daryl lives with, ends up living with them. And she, he said that Ruth Ann, she, though she's small, though she's small, <laughs> she ruled the roost. And and um, how small is she, Vanya? Four foot two. That is tiny. I mean, that might even be considered a little person. I literally sure. wrote down Ruth Ann was super small, like four foot two or four foot three. I'm not really sure if that's possible, yeah. but okay. Like, I know it's possible well, to my, be that height, but in both, the photos that they showed, I was like, she don't, I mean, she, she doesn't look that look, small. She, you know, my, both of my grandma, grandmothers, one of them is passed, but they were both under five foot. I, I'm literally right. the tallest girl on my side of the family. That's not true, but kind of true. I mean, for a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's tiny people out there. What can I say? Yeah, and no, I mean, no, though she was tiny, true. she, she was mighty. She was a mighty woman and ruled the roost. And I guess Daryl said that, you know, he didn't, he wasn't the hugest fan of her because he, she didn't like his music, like he played music and, you know, he, she would freak out on him. And so wasn't the biggest fan. Now we're now we're back to the situation with Karen, our in-home care worker, coming over and caring for Andrew while Ruthann is at work. And Andrew notices like some bruises on her. And this reminds me, honestly, this kind of reminds me of um, Bobbitt when Lorena Bobbitt was working as a nail tech and somebody asked about her bruises. I don't know. I just, you know, it's hard to, I'm sure it's so hard to be alone in abuse and to have someone, and you're probably freaked out if somebody finds out or whatever. Right. But so she does eventually, Karen does um, divulge her, her worries and the horrible things that are going on right now. But guess what? She didn't have to worry for long because on May 11th, 2002, John Clowers is found dead. And it was an apparent heart attack. Yay! Yay! And Go- Golda. <laughs> <laughs> She's literally like, the whole neighborhood was happy he was dead. They were so happy. Which I totally. thought was amazing. I know. I mean, God, can you imagine having a shitty neighbor like that? Somebody who's really, really scary? That's not fun. No. That's not neighborly now, you know, in it. Not. And yeah. Then what happened, Avrin? Then oh, what right. happened? Let's take it away. So right around the same time that uh, the neighbor from hell passed away, <laughs> Andrew and Ruth Ann start having marital troubles. And this was my favorite. This is why Daryl was my favorite. Mm-hmm. As Daryl put it, his dad's bed life had gone down the turlet. Oh, that's right. He said the turlet. He said, my dad's bed life. And I like was his bed life, not his sex life, <laughs> not his marriage, but his bed life had gone down the turlet. And he and that Andrew felt that Ruth Ann didn't seem to want him anymore ever since he had 
um, been put in a wheelchair. And I also will just say the reason he ended up in a wheelchair was he was experiencing a lot of dizziness, went to the VA, they discovered a tumor on his brain, had he had to have it removed. And like this big side effect of that was like a complete lack of balance. Oh, my God. And so this happened, sucks. you know, he, he hadn't been in a wheelchair for long when they brought Karen in. Also, she was um, not Karen, but Ruth Ann was like four foot two, having to like maneuver her much yes. larger husband. Hence the need for help. So now they're having marriage problems. Yeah. And um, I know. Well, and that's what Daryl says that she, well, that Andrew claimed that she thought less of him as a man now that was he, now that he was in a wheelchair. Right. But okay. So on top of saying like, she no longer wants me because I'm in a wheelchair. He also begins to believe that Ruth Ann is having an affair because she gets phone calls at like all hours and never tells him who it is. She's been coming home late from work. He feels like she's acting secretive and she's no longer having the sexy times with him. So he's like, obviously she's cheating on me. Yeah, she doesn't want that dick. But then we um, are introduced to Verna Onion, who was a coworker and friend of Ruth Ann, who describes her as like a really kind, hardworking, private lady but in the summer of 2002, she had started receiving threatening phone calls at all hours of the day at home and at work. And she opened up to her coworkers about them and the, or she opened up to Verna about this. And she told her that she was getting phone calls from a woman who was saying, if you don't leave my boyfriend alone, I'm going to kill you. And it's a constant barrage of these of these phone calls. And she's both terrified and perplexed because. She doesn't have a romantic relationship with anyone but her husband, so she has no idea what this boyfriend that this woman is talking about. Weird. And she's terrified, right? Yeah. So, meanwhile, Andrew keeps going on and on to Daryl about how he just knows that Ruth Ann is having an affair. Daryl's like, I really don't think that. You know I'm not a huge fan, but she's never been anything but, like, loyal to you. And I just feel like that's... That doesn't sound like Ruth Ann. And like, how old are they? They're older people. Not that you can't have a fair. Obviously, you can have affairs as, as an older person. But like, especially right. like well, an older woman. If she, you know, if you're 16 in 1971, how old are you in 2000? Oh, I can't God. do math. That's like what? Like you're in your like 50s or okay. four, late 40s maybe. I feel like Karen might have been in her like late 40s. Oh, wow. But I think that the couple was probably in their 50s. Gotcha. So Daryl actually believes now that his father going on and on about Ruthann cheating on him was really kind of meant to be a cover for the affair that he had started to have. And so it wouldn't look so bad if it came out because Ruthann was cheating on him. So, of course, he could cheat on her if he wanted right. to. I would say, methinks thou doth protest too much. Yes. You are accusing because you are actually the guilty. Yeah. So <laughs> around the same time, you know, that the phone calls are happening, Ruthanna is starting to kind of feel uneasy yeah. about Karen and the relationship. And um, there's really nothing she can do about it, though, because she has to work and right. she can't be his health care provider and pay the bills. So, yeah. Got to stick around, Karen. Karen exactly. gets to stick around. Now we're introduced in the docuseries to Sheldon Hartsfield, who is a friend of Andrew's and a former vet. And he describes a time where he went to visit the Maddens. That's Andrew and Ruthann's last name, the Maddens. That's right. And he saw what seemed to him to be like a ridiculously extreme amount of prescription pill bottles. He said something like 25 to 30 different prescription bottles. 
one of those happened to be Viagra. Yep, you guys mm-hmm. guessed it. You guessed it. Andrew and Karen were boning. Yep, they that's were what I wrote down too. <laughs> they were bumping uglies, and um, at a barbecue with her daughter, um, Karen actually let it slip that she was falling in love with Andrew, and it turns out. Um, this info comes from Daryl, that it seems like several people kind of were aware that their relationship was not just purely home health care provider and providee. Yeah. Uh, they would like go shopping together and they were very affectionate and very much like a couple. Mm. And um, but she Darryl also would Im- administer all his like medicine meds, to him, too. Yeah. Right. So Darryl, Maybe she- yeah. Daryl now believes that what Karen was doing is that she was mismedicating his oh. dad. To basically, like, put him in a happy cloud place and no pain and then use oh. those, like, euphoric highs of the pills to pull him into her and turn him away from his wife. Wow. Um, so do you think so she that's... would just, like, put him on the bed, give him some Viagra, and she's like, I'm going to ride you. I'm going to ride you like your wife probably. doesn't ride you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she's probably also given him, you know, like. What is what's like the like the Vicodin or the Percocet, the stuff that's just like I'm floating away in a cloud. And then now a woman is having the sexy times with me. This is heaven on earth. Why would I ever want to be with my current wife? Who doesn't want to have sex with me? Okay, I bet there was an opioid. I wonder if there was some opioids in there, too. That ruins a lot of people's lives. Yes, it does. (laughs) Okay, so we now cut to August 9th of 2002. A vehicle parked in a commuter parking lot with its hood up is um, suspicious. Mm-hmm. And uh, other commuters, passersby, people in the lot, they see the, this car. And then another one witness actually notices a pair of feet. And a body is, at, is lying about 10 feet from the car with the hood up. And several witnesses claim to have seen another vehicle speed out of the parking lot. The, the speeding car actually almost hit one of the witnesses. So there's a body next to a car with its hood up in a commuter parking lot. And the body is that of Ruth Ann Madden. She had been shot in the head. Now, this is in an incredibly small town in Missouri called Silex, which Silex, Missouri, which is north of Troy, which I guess is like maybe the next bit, like the biggest town that's close by. Mm -hmm. Although I've never heard of either of them. So and I lived in Kansas. I don't know. That doesn't mean I know Missouri. I'm not an I'm not an expert on Missouri. But anyway, the major case squad is actually called in because the small town of Silex, they are not like equipped to handle a homicide investigation. So when Ruth Ann is discovered, she is found lying face up. One of her arms is kind of like crossed over her body, but her other hand, which is laying out on the ground, is clutched in a fist and there is a big old clump of hair in her fist. So, like police often do, immediately they go to talk to the husband, to Andrew, because the husband always did it. Yeah, usually. Normally. (laughs) So, Andrew, when being interviewed by police, says that they had a really good marriage, but then he alludes to the fact that she was having some trouble with people at work. But while this officer is conducting the interview, and this is at his home, you know, he's not down at the station or anything. While he's talking to Andrew, a detective actually comes in and is like, I'm so sorry to interrupt, boss, can you... uh, come out here real quick I need to talk to you so he pulls the interviewing detective out and he says that while he'd been in there speaking with Andrew one of their neighbors 
had heard on a police scanner, and according to one of the detectives, in the early 2000s, civilians having and listening to police scanners was, I guess, all the rage in the Midwest, or I don't know. But this neighbor had their own police scanner, heard information about um, what the witnesses had seen fleeing the scene. Remember that car that almost hit someone? Yeah. So one of the neighbors had heard that a white Chevy Luna had been seen fleeing the scene, and she thought that police should know that the woman who comes over every day to take care of Andrew while Ruthanna is at work, she thinks her name is Karen, she drove that exact same kind of car. So now police are like, hmm. They're like, thank you so much, Andrew, for your time. We got to go. And they go over to Karen, Karen's house. And they see in her driveway a white Chevy Luna. So her connection to the Madden family and the fact that she has the drives the kind of car that was seen gives the police probable cause to like get a search warrant for her house. So they do. And Karen is completely like stressing. Like she doesn't understand why police are like, I can search your home now. They start to ask her questions like, do you know Ruth Ann? Yes, I work for the family. I take care of her husband while she's at work. Do you know um, what happened to Ruth Ann or do you know? Do you have any information? And what she says to police is she's like, well, I guess, yeah, last night when I spoke to Andy on the phone, he mentioned to me that Ruth Ann had been murdered yesterday. That's <laughs> what she says. And police are like, uh, what? Yeah, that's a strange way of putting it. And um, weird. But okay, so we're, we're definitely, we're, we're interested in learning a little bit more about you. So they dig a little further and police, of course, discover that Andy and Karen are having an affair. Shock face. They're yeah. just doing it all over town. So That's Karen right. is now actually taken down to the police station to be interviewed. Now, this is where I was like, ooh. So remember how um, she has a daughter named Pam Yes. And she has a, a grandson named Austin. Well, she also has a son-in-law named John, John Lewis. So when she goes to the police and she's being questioned, she says that at a barbecue, remember that barbecue I mentioned? I do. Where she, it slipped that she was falling in love with Andy Madden. So she tells police that at a barbecue a few weeks earlier, she had told her son-in-law, John Lewis, about her love for Andy and that she wished there was some way that she could have him all to herself. John tells her he knows how to make that happen and that she didn't need to ask any more questions. After uh, the murder of Ruth Ann, he tells her, yep, that was me. I did it. Now give me $500 to keep so that you're complicit so that you are, you know, you paid me for it. And um, she says that she gave him the $500. So detectives go and pick up John Lewis. Now he... Paints That's a very a different story. <laughs> he's got a quite a different tale. He tells police that at a barbecue a few weeks ago, Karen asked him, how would you kill a person? Because I want Ruth Ann dead. And if you'll do it, I'll pay you $5,000. So he tells them that he took her money, but he had no plans to actually follow through on the murder and that he just wanted to take her money because I guess he was a, maybe a shitty son-in-law. He's like, let me <laughs> rob you blind, lady. So... Cops are like, okay, clearly this was this was a planned murder in some way. Now we don't know who actually, you know, did he, did John Lewis shoot him or shoot her and then like blackmail Karen or did Karen actually hire John Lewis to shoot her? And they're like, okay, we got to go back to the hubby because we know there was an affair here and if you're getting rid of a wife, odds are Andrew was in on it as well. 
So detectives go back and they straight up bring Andrew in. So this wheelchair bound, like older, right. kind of wee feeble man is like taken and hauled away and brought to the police station. And as police start questioning him, Andrew breaks down into tears and he tells police that he really fucked up. Then he starts to open up. He says that he loved both his wife and Karen. And he asked the lead detective, like, can't you love two different women in two different ways? Like, you know what that's like, right? And the cop is like, totally, man. Keep talking. Mm. So he tells police that Karen had told him that she was going to get rid of Ruth Ann for them by shooting her or by having her shot. There would be a gun involved. His job was to call his wife at a quarter past three on the day of the murder and tell Ruthann that she needed to stop and pick up Karen in this commuter parking lot because her car had broken down. So basically, Andrew, like, walked his wife to her death with that phone oh, call that he did sad. make. And he is, like, clearly busted up over it. So now detectives go back to Karen and they confront her with Andrew's statement and she tells police, okay, I did come up with the plan to get rid of uh, Ruthann by having her killed. Then she takes them back to the commuter parking lot where they have her walk them through a reenactment of what happened. So they've got a car parked with the hood up. She tells police um, that they're there waiting and while they're waiting and time is going by, that John Lewis is basically like losing his mojo, his steam, his willingness to shoot this woman. And he's just like, I can't do this. And he sets the gun in the trunk of Karen's car. And then a few minutes later, Ruthann pulls up, gets out to come over towards Karen. And Karen's like, oh, great, you're here. Yeah, it's definitely busted. My car is broken. I just need to get something from my trunk. And as Ruthann is walking towards her, she grabs the gun from the trunk, points it at her, and it just somehow goes off, and Ruth Ann falls to the ground. Karen tells police that it was an accident, that she didn't pull the trigger, the gun just went off. She wasn't even sure if she had hit her right away until she saw the blood. The plan was never to kill her. She just kind of wanted to, like, threaten her or scare her, and she's so, so sorry. She's so, so sorry she did not mean to kill her. Now, police are like, okay, we'll go ahead and let you tell us your story, ma'am, but they know... That a clump of hair was found clutched in the hand of Ruth Ann, which means that there was some kind of a struggle, right? There was a struggle, y'all. So they go back to John Lewis, who then says he corroborates up to the point where he changed his mind, wasn't going to do it, puts the gun down. Everything is the same except for when uh, Karen points the gun at Ruth Ann, Ruth Ann actually kind of like kind of charges towards her like lunges and tries to grab her hand with the gun and they're like struggling around and she thinks maybe some that's how the strands of hair got in her hand and then um karen pointedly like as they're struggling like shoots ruthann like on purpose you guys like she pulled the trigger i know and also i was reading or they said in in crimes of love and crimes of passion, people don't think they just react. And I mean, like she did, this was medi- premeditated, but like, you know, they're not thinking in a rational way. They're l- just to get what she wants. She was obsessed yes. with Andrew. She was like, I can be Andrew's wife if I just get rid of this woman. So she shot her on purpose. Mm-hmm. Then police discover 
that Karen was also responsible for those threatening phone calls that Ruth Ann was getting. Remember those? The stay away from my boyfriend or I'll kill you? Well, it turns out that she had her daughter, Pam, make those calls. And that what she was trying to do was create a false narrative where Ruth Ann was having an affair and that the girlfriend of the man that Ruth Ann was sleeping with was the one they should look for because that's who murdered her. The person who didn't exist because an affair didn't exist. But that was kind of like where that came from. And so basically now, oh, yeah, what's up? I was just going to say Karen was thinking. She was thinking long. Oh, yeah. So now police... Police now know that not only was this not an accident, but this was a long, thoughtfully planned out, premeditated a murder. Okay? It was premeditated and planned. Then John Lewis, the son-in-law, also tells police that he thinks that they should look into Karen... Karen's uh, first husband, or sorry, not first husband, third husband, John Clower's death, because he believes that he did not die of a heart attack, that she also murdered him by poisoning him. However, when police go to talk to her about that, she like clams up and freaks out at, and she's become pretty open now about like what she did. But she's like, yeah. uh, you, I don't know what you're talking about. And I guess because the case is, would be a separate case, which didn't make sense to me. And the detective's like, we never really got anywhere with that. So she was never charged with that murder. And there's no proof of that other than her son-in-law, John Lewis, saying that he suspected that he didn't die of a heart attack, but that she poisoned him. What would they do? Would they just like, if they were pursuing it, would they un like dig up I guess they would have the to exhume and... they would have to exhume his body yeah but, you um, know what? but I guess it's so crazy she she suffered so many years of abuse why I would say kill him way earlier you know I know I think well we'll get into that once I wrap up the story and we mm. can talk some stuff out so Karen is charged with first degree murder she is found guilty and she is sentenced to life in prison but with the possibility of parole, which I was like, that's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing that you could do. And then um, John Lewis is sentenced to 15 years in prison for his role. He has actually since been released because it's been more than 15 years since this happened. And Andrew was sentenced to 30 years and will be up for parole in 2023. So pretty shortly from now. While in prison, Karen sends letters to her daughter, Pam, telling them that she and Andrew had gotten married while they were in prison and would Pam be willing to send letters to him for her because I guess they wouldn't let her send letters to the man whose wife she murdered. Um, And Pam is like, my mom is batshit crazy. I I mean, my husband went to prison for this. I apparently was making calls that was in connection with a a premeditated planned uh, plot to kill someone. I don't want anything to do with you. She refuses to help and cuts all ties with her mom. So it turns out, you guys, that Karen and Andrew, they never got married. That was just all in Karen's head. She, her love and obsession for Andrew Madden continued until the day she died, which was in 2011 in prison from pneumonia. Oh, my God. So now I just want to talk to you about this because for me... Again, there's a lot of things here, like with the abuse, and that's, I feel so bad, and I think that what happened, if I could, if I could play armchair, a shrink, not detective, shrink, (laughs) is that she had suffered abuse from, you know, like the start of her life, basically, and she had never really known real kindness, and so when Andrew noticed 
her bruises and paid attention enough to her to see that she was suffering and being treated badly in a way and then consoled her, got like told her that she should leave him and, you know, was like team Karen all the way. Yeah. I think something must have happened in that moment that would have created that obsessive love mm. because it was like the first time that somebody saw her, saw what was happening to her, told her it wasn't okay, it wasn't right, and that it needed to stop. And um, I think that was where that – I think he was like the first man. She wanted to be his wife. I mean, so much so that she lied and said she was after she was in prison for the rest of her life. Yeah, that's nuts. So that's kind of where I think that obsession – Thing yeah, falls because Daryl was like, you know, Andrew's son was like, yeah, my daddy said you don't lay hand on the woman. And, you know, what else? He, he was like, like, a, like a woman. What is, she says is, is precious. God. Yeah. A yeah. woman is a woman is got next to godliness. But um, but also I think with Andrew, I do think it is highly possible that whether or not she was miss like misusing his medications it sounds to me like he was definitely on way too many medications and that's not on her she wasn't his doctor she wasn't prescribing she was just doling them out so either she messed with them yeah and that's what kind of caused you know his weird strange out of character behavior or he Mm -hmm. was just fucked up because he was being you know over prescribed medication which happens Mm -hmm. all the time Mm-hmm. And either way, wasn't really in his bright mind the entire time because he was on like 40 different types of medications. And, and so I feel a... like that kind of explains that because he definitely tells his son like he regrets yeah. everything that happened. He feels like he doesn't understand how he could have ever let it get to the point. Like, why didn't he just get divorced if he wanted to have a relationship with Karen? None of it makes any sense to him now. Right, right. I know because it's a thing as I was researching, it's. Everybody needs love. Everybody wants to feel, I mean, most, I guess everybody needs love, but everybody wants to feel wanted and loved. And so as, you know, the story was unfolding, you're thinking, oh, Andrew feels neglected by his wife. And he, you know, if she really straight up to his face was like, you're less of a man because you're in a wheelchair. (laughs) If he really believed that and believed that she was cheating, then I guess I would understand. But still, it's just so much easier to get divorced. Yeah, and it also sounds like so much of that were lies concocted to justify what he was doing. Right. Not right. based in any reality. And from you know all accounts, like other than Daryl, who will admit that like he had a hard relationship with um, with Ruthann. Like she mm-hmm. was not a very nice stepmother. She got his dad to kind of like always side with her and accused him of things that he said he didn't do. And and then ultimately right. like he had Ruthann to leave was home. No angel. Right. Like she might have been a harsh woman at times, but all of her outside of like Daryl describing her, all of her friends and coworkers describe her as like private, but so, but nice. And this tiny little woman that was just trying to hold shit down while her very, you know, like unwell husband was at home. It was on her to take care of everything. And so I don't know. I just feel like this is one of those cases where just get divorced, people. I know, I know. And Karen, but, just yeah. tell him, get divorced. Don't say, like, I'll figure out another alternative way to get rid of your wife. Just be like, leave your wife. I will yeah. take care of you and love you Three and be your wife. people went to jail because of this. She yeah, went and the John life. Lewis, the John Lewis of it all, I don't actually get. Like, why yeah. would he agree? They never go into this, but why would he agree? He's the one that introduced her to this couple because he had done some work on their house. It's so, like he knew them. I don't really understand. Except yeah, he for his must have been saying a POS. 
Yeah. Or he just was like, really was thinking, we won't actually have to go through with this and I'm going to rip my mother-in-law out of $5,000. Like, I'm going to rip her off. But I mean, he was there. So they like got all the way up to the moment where they were waiting for her to arrive. So that part doesn't fully make sense to me. No, I'm sure there's more to it. I just feel so bad. For Landry, you know, I know. For, for Austin, because <laughs> yeah. it's like he lost his dad, his grandma. You can tell he yeah. really believes deep down in his heart that his grandmother was not a bad person. Yeah. She just she just had a bad, hard life. And when she got a taste of something that felt good, she was willing to do the most extreme thing to keep it and yeah. just just get divorced, people. Yeah. Agreed. Get Agreed. divorced. That's our advice to you. If yep. you found someone you like better... Mm-hmm. Just then just try, get divorced just end it. I know it's going to hurt at the time but you're going to be happier wait somebody said like when you ask how you're doing or something about being divorced you're always happy you got divorced because you don't want to stay in a bad relationship or a relationship where it's not equal love for each other right, right? and you yeah. don't need to murder anyone and then spend the rest of your life in jail because that's what's going to happen guys that I is know. what's going to happen I know I know I love it. I miss you, Avrin. I miss you. I miss you. you, too. I can't wait till we can be in the same gosh darn place. I know. I know it. I know it. Um, your plants are doing very well, though. I'm taking oh, good care you. of them. Appreciate Everything it. looks good. I usually yeah. almost kill them on the daily, so I'm happy that someone's taking care of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going over once a week, but they're looking so, okay. Perfect. Like, nothing looks like I've, like, damage is being done, so that's I good. I love it. <laughs> All right, well, we love you you guys. We love you and stay tuned for our Patreon content. Yes, I'll be gone in the dark. It's going to be so good, you guys. Bye.